Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Joshi Joshi. This, I guess it could be uh, 6.5, I don't know. Um, I don't know if these are 0.5s, because yeah. it's, it's kind of an odd thing. We might, we might call them 0.5s. You'll yeah. know before we do. Yeah, you will, you will, because we still don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, this is Justin. I'm here with Tom. Hello, I'm Tom. He's Tom. I'm here with Justin. I'm Justin. <laughs> and, what are we uh, talking about this week? This week, uh, Tom had the idea that we should do off episodes for uh, the May Young Classic. So we're going to do one for the first round because there's a ton of matches. Then we'll do one for every other round will be the next episode. And then we will do one for the Evolution pay-per-view where the finals are. Um so yeah, we're going to talk about the May Young Classic 2. Yeah, and the reason I did this is because, as I've probably mentioned before, if you listened to us before, I got into Joshi off the back of the fact that I enjoyed the May Young Classic last year and wanted to see more people like Tony Storm and Viper and you know uh, Kairi Hojo and all those people. So that's when Justin introduced me to the world of stardom. Yes. And... This year, the Joshi content has been upped somewhat because we have not one, not two, but three of the best women in the world. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure there's more than a few people out there that would say they are the three best women in the world. Yeah, so when you have this kind of lineup, and also on the Evolution show, we're going to have matches featured with uh, Kairi Sane as well, and it's... It's just a really interesting opportunity for us to talk, in a wider sense, about Joshi. Yeah, I mean, how useful would this have been for you last year? So, Oh, sure, yeah, to actually have a resource into all these women who, who I had no idea who they were uh, yeah. would have been nice. So, <laughs> it's kind, kind of what we're doing, roughly. <laughs> Might have been helpful. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... In the last few years, I'm sure some of you know that uh, WWE has taken an interest in doing their tournaments. Uh, the Cruiserweight Classic was the first, and I don't know, probably still the best example. Um, the Dusty Classic as well has had mixed results. Yeah. Uh, the UK tournament has picked out a few diamonds. Oh, yeah. And, Jesus. of course, the Mae Young Classic. Yes. Which, uh, which is is named after the act of a woman seducing a married man and then mugging him. Yeah. <laughs> so that what this tournament is is who can perform yeah. that act better. Yeah, yeah. You, you just uh... <laughs> <laughs> black that, that, that's, a married that's, man. That's what the Vegas police call it, anyway. Yes. Uh, uh, you got, she hit, got pulled hit with over the old May Young Classic. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. For those of you who think we're exaggerating, no, that's what Mae Young used to do. No, that, yeah, that's really her background. <laughs> they were some serious it, carnies back in the 50s. Yeah, they, n- nobody mentions it now that they want you to think that she was all lovely. Yeah, you yeah. Know, because still, mugging married men is more charming than whatever Moolah was up to. So <laughs> Somehow, it's less scummy. <laughs> yeah, and yet those two are still ex- inextricably linked. Yeah, <laughs> due to... Getting put through tables by the Dudley boys in the Attitude Era. <laughs> which is the only reason anybody knows May Young existed. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. There, there are probably better candidates as far as the 
the actual name of somebody to base this tournament around. But yeah, but everyone, you know. everyone's supposed to love Mae Young, so yeah. whatever. WWE is gonna they keep it in house. So yeah, so uh, for this, let's talk a little bit about the production first. So it's a usual full sale job. The commentary team is Michael Cole and Beth Phoenix and Renee Young. Now, I understand why they chose those people because you need to have women on the commentary if they're going to if they're going to take this sort of like their whole women's revolution thing seriously. We all but understand why they put these people on commentary. <laughs> yeah, but they they don't have any experienced ones, and Cole. Yeah. Uh, as part of his role, is actually in charge of all the announcers. Yeah. Now, Cole, unproduced by Vince, did a very good job in the first UK tournament. Yeah, he did. And coupled with the fact I was really dreading JR. Yeah. I will say, though, JR wasn't... I mean, hell, the the first Mae Young might be his best performance as an old guy. (laughs) <laughs> to be honest. It's better than his New Japan work, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't want to throw too many slings and arrows at JR, because the guy... I mean, the poor guy. I mean... Yeah, he's... But, yeah. but still, it's not like... I, I don't want him calling a lot of things I watch <laughs> at the same yes, time, yeah. so... It's, but um... I, 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 was, I was optimistic about this, this grouping, and... It's not great. The other, the other aspect of this, the production, is the entrance music is an absolute crapshoot. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's bad. It's all, over, it's all over the place. Tell me. No, it's not. Tell me one that's good. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a Beyonce ripoff for somebody that was not bad. I guess that's probably true. My God, this entrance music is shit. Yeah, it's very much... It's a grab bag. Yeah. So, nothing feels like it was made for anyone. No. No, um, I mean, I guess we may or may not get to it later. But how terrible is Hiroyo Matsumoto's theme song? Like, I what, mean... What the fuck is that? It's bad, but it's equally as bad as Mako Satomura's. What the fuck is that? Like, did they... Like you said, is it a grab bag? You just pull a goddamn track name out of a hat yeah fucking awful it was it's genuine shit yeah (laughs) a lot of the time it's just bad it's 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 not that there's necessarily bad songs there are like the the music starts and for one match and i think oh that must be vanessa craven's music and it's not it's lacy lane's i'm like yeah i had that one too yeah but like surely like the the music for that music matches up with one of them much more than the other. Yeah, like, you you guys looked at him, right? <laughs> Jesus. And it's it's funny, you know, CFO dollar sign. <laughs> uh comes off with some great shit for so long and so lauded that Jim Johnson loses his fucking job over it. And then everything they put out since Jim Johnson's got it's all shit. They haven't <laughs> had a good song since Bobby Roode two years ago. They haven't had to try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, if you're listening, CFO dollar sign, <laughs> do better. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, let's get into the episodes then. Let's start. Uh, okay. So, 
so, I mean, the opening match for the entire tournament, you know, we're not going to necessarily go in depth on every single match here, just looking at highlights for the most part. But their choice of opening match was interesting. It's because they clearly want to get Tegan Knox over. Yeah. Well, Tom, I'm just going to get this out of the way. Tom loves her more than I do. I don't know anything about her, and Tom already loves her. So, <laughs> so I think, I mean, this match was nothing special. It was fine. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to, I already don't know if I care about uh, the that shiniest wizard catchphrase, and hearing it 15,000 times over the next few years is going to make me absolutely hate it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's all I got. It was a fine match. It was it was there. Yeah, I I I really liked Tegan Knox because I was a fan of her in the Indies here in the UK. Uh she's a favorite in the Midlands and Wales region. She's got a lot of history with guys like Pete Dunne and uh, and CCK who have more international profile now. And Quite frankly, I just love the idea that there's like a straightforward Welsh girl doing well in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, cool. And uh, and this match wasn't like amazing or anything. I think she's still trying to find her feet after the knee injury last year. But yeah, her her, her crossbody was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that was that was nice. Yeah, but I think it's going to be hard for her. Maybe not. Maybe not. I was just going to say that because from what I know, the the whole reason she got famous is because she's fucking crazy and she'll do anything. And he, that's not really going to happen so much in WWE. So we'll see. Well, she's not going to be doing 450s to the outside probably. but Exactly, uh, yeah. But she's not like a one-trick pony. She's a good wrestler underneath uh-huh. all that. I mean, she, if you want, you want to go check out her stardom tour, her match with Kyrie at the start of last year. Remind the listeners and me, what was her name again? <laughs> Nixon Newell. Nixon Newell. As soon as you say it, I know it. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I will check her out on Stardom World. <laughs> yeah. So the next match was Rhea Ripley and MJ Jenkins. Um, big takeaway for me was that Ripley's been in the gym the past year because she's gigantic now. And MJ Jenkins, I don't know. Maybe she's super green. Uh, she mostly just shook her ass, and she she seemed like a character more than a wrestler, so maybe the wrestling will come later. I don't know how old she is or her experience or anything, but it's a start. MJ Jenkins sort of carries herself well, and she looks the part. I'm so, but like you, I, I'm, I'm not sure that there was... Hey, there wasn't much opportunity to see her do stuff beyond that. Yeah. Uh, Rhea Ripley is the only Australian who moves to Florida and becomes more like Mad Max. <laughs> that is kind of what happened, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I say only Australian. What I mean is that Florida is more like the world of Mad Max than Australia somehow. <laughs> so, <laughs> I believe I would believe that absolutely. It was kind of long for a squash, which is what it needed to be. But, yes, it was a bit long. But, you know, they got time. <laughs> when I say that it was quite long, the average time for these for these matches, like the longest match in this entire tournament is is just shy of 10 minutes. Yeah. And the, the average matches are like under five, 
Yeah. Like, yeah, so it's it's not like... You can, you can argue some of these matches went too long, but it would seem almost churlish, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. That's not what these matches are for. That when we talk about quality of these matches in general, take, take it as read that unless we talk about it, it's just an average level of existing. Absolutely. It's there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lacey Lane versus Vanessa Craven. I I think I I heard a lot of chatter of people saying Vanessa Craven was no good after this match. I kind of thought that she moved like abyss, that deliberately clumsy giant kind of movement. Yeah, I I, I kind of I kind of dug it honestly. <laughs> I I quite liked her. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't think she was great. Um, Lacey Lane was the more interesting one here. So. Over WrestleMania weekend, The Crash had a show, and she was in the opening six-man that had two men and a one woman on, on either side, and she stole the match. She was just doing crazy shit, and everybody there loved her, and she was great. And then, you know, this match, she, uh, she blew... I mean, I guess it was blown so bad they couldn't edit it out because it made air, um... So my big hope is that that's just nerves and she is as good as she was when I saw her at the crash. Um, that's my hope. Yeah, I don't hold one botch against somebody because everybody botches. I mean, you could see her doing this in the uh, in the pre-match video packages, the uh, triple spring off the, off the ropes. Yeah. I, I'm sure that she is a genuinely spectacular athlete. Yeah, she was great live. Like I say, she stole the she stole a match with you know luchadors in it. She was really good. But then there's also something to be said for, like I don't know. I know that this is not this is not a unique to the women thing. This is a U.S. Indies thing. If this is why we like, it's also why we love Joshi. You learn the fundamentals and you learn how to tell the story with those. Yeah. Whereas in the US Indies, you learn how to do the crazy shit, and then hopefully <laughs> you, at some point you learn how to tell a story with it. Yeah, that's shockingly true. Yeah. Yeah. It's so the exact opposite order. It, so you just it's what it, you, you learn enough to try and hope you get booked enough to learn. Yeah. Whereas in Japan, you will have a space where you are allowed to grow at, the, at an appropriate pace. Yes. Um. You could argue one system is better than the other, but I would argue that one system is better than the other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it certainly is. Um, it's just different due to circumstances, I think. Uh, you know, in Japan, they're going to sign with somebody, and that person will be patient with them. Whereas in the U.S., you do crazy shit to get dates, and nobody's loyal to anybody or anything, so... And and you're up too, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Flip Gordon didn't get where he is by being uh, not noticeable, right? Yeah, and he didn't he, get where he didn't get he, he didn't get there for because of his his good headlocks. <laughs> Boy, that Flip Gordon, he sure runs the fucking ropes, doesn't he? <laughs> He's textbook in that manner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Three steps one way, three steps back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Okay, so the uh, the main event was Joshi final boss Mako Satomura versus Killer Kelly. Um, 
so Mako Satomura, if you don't know her and you do know Asuka, uh, Asuka was booked as a killer for a while, and she looked like a killer. She looked great. Mako makes Asuka look like a complete pussy <laughs> to me. Mako, <laughs> Mako will fuck someone up. And I mean, maybe the bridge isn't, or the gap isn't that big, but as far as I, being a wrestler, having good matches, Mako's better. Um, as far as hitting people, I think she's more impressive. Uh, yeah, so if you know Asuka and you like Asuka because she hits people really hard, you're going to love Mako, and Mako will probably have better matches doing it. I'd say that's pretty accurate. I mean, when those two faced off, I felt like Asuka was delib- Asuka was a different beast in that she was hitting very hard. Yeah. Uh, so the Asuka you see in WWE is not exactly the same Asuka as you would have got from... Kana. Ba- from, yeah, uh, Kana. But if you want to see someone who is, like, top of her craft, like, someone who carries the respect of Jushin Liger with the execution of Bret Hart. Right. It's it's Mako Satomura. She is one of the best workers in the world yeah. right now. Male or female, she's cream of the crap. Yeah. And, and and you could see the points in this match where she steals people's like brains out of their head and just <laughs> says this is mine now. You love yeah. me. You know, yeah. it's the, the the springboard arm drag leg pick STF. That's a yeah, that's a great spot. Or I thought what was impressive to me was uh I forget what Killer Kelly had her in, maybe a figure four or something. Uh or maybe she just had the legs scissored or body scissors or something. But anyway, they're both on the ground on their ass. And uh Mako sits up and just delivers a forearm that floors her. And the whole audience is like, oh! <laughs> it, was, it was just a forearm spot, but she makes it look so good. Yeah, yeah. She. <laughs> One of the things you do notice in Joshi is when you have those strong forearms to the chest, they really lay them in. Oh, yeah. And, and Mako is the best at that. She is, yeah. And I thought Killer Kelly looked a lot better. I thought it was really sweet seeing her cry because she was so happy to have a good match with Mako Satomura. Um, so I, I came away more impressed with her too. Yeah, I, I I am a fan of hers at this point. She's very much, she's, well, I'm going to say very, she is over in Eve and she has a, a, I think she was a really good opponent for Mako because it came across like she was beating somebody who was tough. Yeah. She wasn't, she wasn't taking some useless can and just beating them. Yeah. This was somebody who, in any other match in this tournament, would be competitive. Yep. But it's fucking Mako Satomura. And it's also good in the real-life sense, just that in that she's not a sissy. She she will take it from Mako and give it back, which is good for the match. Yeah, it's when Mako starts busting out that second series of strong kicks to, to Killer Kelly's chest. And yeah. it's just, oh my god, I love this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only complaint about this, Tom is Michael Cole was talking about Joshi Strong Style. That doesn't exist. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't, but look, at this point, nobody knows what Strong Style means. Not anymore. Yeah, I, I, I'm reminded of like a, a Samoa Joe, He when he was doing an interview way back in the day on Ring of Honor, like straight, on the straight shooting series. Yeah. And he was talking about like, 
people in people in uh, on the indies saying that they're strong style, and he's just said, "Look, none of y'all know what strong style is." Yeah, and at this point, it's it's been said so often that it's lost all meaning. It all totally it means is, is all it means is that you that you hit people reasonably hard sometimes. Yeah, that's yeah. that's literally all it means, and it, you yeah. might have some sort of might have used some sort of amateur fighting techniques. Yeah, that's a, that's about it. Yeah, you like, might use because, strikes more often or something. Yeah, because like New Japan isn't even a strong style promotion anymore. Mm, like not not mostly. Yeah, it's like they they because there's the, the there's multiple different styles in Japan and yeah, New Japan hasn't had the obsessive strong style thing since Inoki was running it really. I guess, I guess. I, I do think, because, I mean, what is real strong style? Real strong style is trying to make the match look you know, sort of close to a real fight, right? So, yeah, I think, I, I think Shibata... Shibata was the closest, uh, yeah. but the last time when that was really the top of the card oh, yeah. was, was Hashimoto. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not like you know people talk about strong style. It's not like Tanahashi is embodying strong style. No, that's, that's not his deal. No, no, it's not. But yeah. uh, but it, it it's a marketing gimmick at this point. It just it means is. yeah, it, it, we we hit harder than WWE. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so WWE buzzwords. Um, Michael Cole was fine here. Beth and uh, Renee were fine here. This was hour one of a four-hour session, though, so <laughs> you'll be able to tell as it goes along. <laughs> I yeah, think- I, I, I kind of wish that at least uh, Beth and uh, Renee had been able to ditch the silver jackets. Oh, my goodness. Because it was like, um, you're watching this whole thing, and like they're wearing the same clothes for all four shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I know I know that they switch switch for the later rounds, but that is the for the following taping. Yeah. And obviously it's ridiculous to say, "Oh, you need to change all your clothes for every every show you're doing," but because it's been presented week to week. Yeah. And because what they were wearing was fairly distinctive, it was more noticeable. So It was. It was. Um I don't know. Beth probably maintains her level, not that it's high, but it's, you know, she's not bad uh, throughout the four hours, but Michael and Renee get worse every episode, so. But they started off fine. They were fine here. Yeah, um, th- yeah. There there was also a backstage interviewer I, that I didn't catch the name of. Oh, she, she did the horrible interview with Natty. Yeah, she was no bullshit, and this is really saying something for WWE. The single worst backstage interviewer I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, she sounded like a programmed cyborg. She, she, she sounded like Windows reading back to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. You, you know there's a room in Titan Towers just below the place where they keep all the old, you know, all the old rings and everything, which is just the cloning vats. <laughs> Fucking Westworld of backstage yeah. interviewers. And, uh, and somehow they're just getting less realistic as time goes yeah. on. <laughs> they're getting worse at this. Uh, but yeah, so that's episode one. Let's go to episode two. So, 
before this tournament, they've been talking a lot about Diona Parazzo being this, you know, high-end free agent they were getting their hands on, which yeah. I thought was a bit rich considering she's not been signed with anywhere else. And you're bringing in people like Io Shirai. Yeah. So pretending that Diona Parazzo is a big name you're getting is a... It's an exaggeration, let's say. But... I really like Diana Parato. Uh, her last tour in stardom was really good. It was. And I think that she has really good potential. And she definitely made me a fan when she pulled out the Russ Abbott in this yeah. match. Yeah, that was, that was fun. See, the if you look at Perazzo from year to year with the May Young, she was in the first. Or, I mean, she wasn't in the first, but she was around in the first. To this year, she has better gear, and she puts on an absolute fuck ton of makeup this year. Um, <laughs> that's the big difference. I mean, she's basically... I guess she's a better worker, because like you say, the Stardom Tour was really good. Um, as opposed to Killer Kelly last time, with the crying with Mako, which I totally bought into and believed. When Diana cried after winning this match, I just thought it was in- incredibly fake. It, felt, it did feel a bit like she was trying to complete her arc. Yeah, storyline like, like how they on the main roster, on the main roster, you know, every time you win your first title, you got to fucking cry. Vince loves it when you cry. There's an example of that on one of these episodes, which is one of my favorite ones. So <laughs> there's somebody I, who I've who who's who my opinion of has gone way up because of how they carried themselves. But we'll get to her later. Yes. Um. But yeah, uh, Diana Parazzo has like has really nice fundamentals and yeah. some technical wrestling, which is rare. Yeah, and like I say, the Russ Abbott, you know, Nigel used to pull that out, and yeah. before I think Johnny Saint would have invented it. So, or maybe whoever the hell this Russ Abbott character is. No, it wouldn't have been him because he was a comedian. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and a band member. Are you trying to tell me that I don't know my? UK culture? Well, you lived here for a while, but I think we managed to take on board was fried Mars bars. So. Yeah, well, all you, all I really got out of UK television culture when I lived there is... Uh, Jesus, what's that fucking show called? Keeping Up Appearances. <laughs> Keeping Up Appearances, which is really a wonderful show. <laughs> I can't believe that's your most... That, that, it's, it's as binkered as the idea that all we watch over here is Benny Hill. I've never seen an episode of Benny Hill. All I love I've seen keeping is, up appearances. All I've ever seen of Benny Hill is a thousand US parodies who think that that's exactly what the UK watches. I've no, no idea. No. We, we know you watch Monty Python. Oh, that's true. We did watch a lot. Of, I have watched a lot of Monty Python, and I, I have watched a lot of Keeping Up Appearances. But it's still yeah, not it's a, a good g- example of anything. <laughs> I don't know why that one stuck with me, but I could just watch it endlessly. Oh my god, terrible! <laughs> I, I, I have, I have assigned eight by ten from Hanukkah for you here, and I'm going to tear it up. <laughs> um. Jesus Christ, what were we even talking about? Well, what the next thing we need to talk about is Priscilla Kelly. Priscilla Kelly? Who was fighting Diana Parato? Yeah. I... I don't have anything to say. Um, no, 
She was fine. Yeah. She she served her role. But I didn't really notice anything good or bad. She was just there. All I know about her is that she's a manager for someone in what's it called? <laughs> what's that TNA? promotion that Gabe runs? Oh, ring oh, Evolve. Evolve, yeah. She's a manager for someone in Evolve, as far as I know. And given the fact that I thought she was just a manager up until this point, she was better than I thought. Yeah, I mean, I know she did a TJPW tour, and I think I saw a couple matches there, but I think I had the same impression there. She's there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Actually, she seems well suited. She's not bad. She's not. She she seems well suited for Tokyo Joshi Pro, which isn't necessarily the biggest endorsement of her ring work. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, what was next? Oh, we had what is pro- almost definitely the worst match of this entire round. It was. Ariel Monroe versus Zuxis. It was... Meltzer might as well bring back negative star ratings. This this was awful. They exhibited such a complete lack of chemistry. It was stunning. <laughs> if, I, they, if I, they touched each other in the ring, it was coincidental. Yeah. I don't know what to say about this match because this this is I mean do you think out of what we've seen is this the worst match of 2018 on a major major oh. promotion that that's a legitimate argument I mean, yeah. from what I've seen quite possibly yeah it might be the worst match of any promotion that you know a lot of people watch Stardom, New Japan, etc. WWE. It, it was that bad. It was just really bad. And yet, I would argue that Ariel Monroe got over. She did, and I don't know why. I don't it, know why. It was the the thing where she was uh, protecting her hair. Jesus. And then it was her child crying in the audience after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are going to remember that shit. She had something she said in the ring that the audience really liked and then kept repeating the rest of the match. Uh, It was something to do with the hair. Yeah, something. Well, I guess she has uh, charisma then, which is great. Good for her career. But this match is better left forgotten. So the next ma- <laughs> so the next match would be Casey Catanzaro, who I have been looking forward to seeing because I like watching American Ninja Warrior sometimes, and she was great. Uh, versus Rina, Reina, Rina Gonzalez. I thought this was a really good match. I didn't think I would like Rina. Reina, I don't know what to Reina. say. So Reina, <laughs> yeah, I'll just go with Gonzalez. Um, I didn't know what to expect out of her, and I thought. Casey might suck because she doesn't come from wrestling and it's probably her first televised match, I guess. Uh, but no, it was really good. Um, Raina looked really good doing the uh, the big woman, big man role, tossing her everywhere. And Casey only had to do the, the rookie thing, which is bump around <laughs> and be in the right spot. And she did it great. She looked really good doing it. Um, so the next match for Casey, uh, she'll have Rhea Ripley that we already talked about, who is an even better Reina Gonzalez. So I'm hoping that's going to be really good too. Yeah, 
I really like Reyna based on this. I didn't yeah. think anything of her last year. Yeah. But her size alone is impressive. She looks yeah. like she works well. Uh, in ring, she reminded me of like 1998 JBL. <laughs> That's not a bad comparison at all. And considering that my main memory of 1998 JBL is him versus Kai and Tai, like yeah. if she can if she can harness some of that working with these tiny other women, now she'll gonna, be on the right track. You, I, uh, yeah, I um. Is that when he switched over? What was he doing then? Was he Justin Hawk Bradshaw, or was he writing satanic symbols on his chest? It was the gap between the two. I don't so even remember he, the gap between he, the two. He didn't have the red trunks and the... Uh, he had Bolt black rope. trunks and was in a temporary tag team with Takamichinoku. And the two God, of them took this. on the three of Kai and Tai. Huh. You don't say. It's, uh, I think it was like, it might have been Hell in a Cell, maybe? Or, not, it wouldn't have been Hell in a Cell, actually, because that was 90, uh, it was, there's some pay-per-view in 1998 where that match happened, and it's so much fun. Watching, My God. <laughs> wa- watching, Kai, watching Kai and Tai do the spot where they get Bradshaw down on the ground and do the, the the muscle pose standing on his back. Yeah. It's it's really fun. So I might actually go look that up at some point this this uh coming weekend. I have no memory of this. <laughs> but back to this match. Um I knew who Casey Catanzaro was before this happened, and that's saying a lot because I don't watch American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> but her, her name rang out because her run was so impressive, I had actually seen it because it had gone viral or something, I guess. Yeah. Now, well, she was the first woman in the history of the show to ever complete the course or whatever, however you want to say it. Yeah. Not yeah. complete, like, win. And her run is seriously impressive. So, yeah. and combined with the fact that she is very marketable. Yeah. Uh, she speaks well. She looks great. She's, she's tiny ad- and kind of adorable. Yeah, she's cute as a button. Yeah, and, uh, she has a lot of charisma. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, this isn't like it's a. This isn't like Vader working with Michaels or something. But it was definitely solid. Yeah, yeah. It was a good match. And, um, and I and I'd heard a lot of good things about Casey from the the house show circuit. So I was expecting uh-huh. her to do pull out some semi-spectacular stuff, and she did. Well, she did the EO spot with the uh, the springboard drop kick. Yeah, but she did it over the top rope to the second and then inside. Oh. Which they didn't quite show. Yeah, I thought she just came off the top rope. No, I, I think it was... It looked like the second to me, so... Okay. But, yeah, she's... She's one of those people who is so capable when it comes to her own body control there's not much she can't do exactly yeah the main thing will be tempering that into a routine that she can use uh, yeah i I mean like we say she's cute as hell but this is a legitimate athlete she's an athlete she's really good so i hope she has a good career i have high hopes for her 
Uh, so next up, we have Mercedes Martinez versus Madison Rain. Yeah, I never really watched watched past tense uh, TNA Impact whatever. So I didn't know anything about Rain. Um, what I got out of this was mm, it was uh, Martinez was awesome. Martinez is great. I'm a huge fan of hers, and that wheelbarrow spot was just ridiculous. It that's the only word for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought she killed her. Uh, Rain. It seemed like she was more of the divas mold, the old divas mold. M- Very mold. much so. But that she was trying to be in the new mold, and it wasn't quite working. Um. I think she's perfectly serviceable as yeah. an average talent, but yeah, she's a former member of the Beautiful People. And Whatever that is. It was a very successful group. I mean, TNA. I know the name, but I couldn't tell you anything besides the name. Well, she she was the best wrestler of the three people in that group. So Who were the other two? Well, now you're just making me look bad. <laughs> no, no, nobody looks bad for not no, knowing about TNA. One of them's going out with <laughs> Bubba Ray Dudley. The other one is married to Davy Richards, huh. and I should be able to remember their names, but I can't. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. As far as I don't know, the right person won. Madison Rain is a name more than she is a star. If, right. the, if you know what I mean, it, uh, it, the, there's nothing in nothing about her which would have maybe put her beyond this round. No, but it's useful for WWE to say, "Ooh, we scooped up this person from TNA." Exactly. But uh, much like I got excited for Casey versus Rhea, Mercedes versus Mako is going to be good. Oh yeah, that's that's going to be fascinating. Yeah, that might even be the match of the tournament. If they could go all out, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm still. I, I've only seen. I've seen very little Mercedes Martinez, but what I have seen, I've liked. Yeah, and I'm still waiting for that match where she gets to absolutely let rip. So yeah, that could be it. This could be the one. So episode three, we have the opening contest of Caitlyn and Kavita. Mm. These are two of the least interesting people in the entire tournament. I don't know and have never known what anybody has ever seen in Caitlyn. <laughs> <laughs> She's not good at wrestling it like at all. <laughs> um, My main thing about Caitlyn is that she strikes me as another Paige. Except that Paige actually likes wrestling. Yeah. So... Caitlin's doing this because she has quit wrestling once and now she needs a job. Exactly. And I'm not convinced her affection for wrestling goes beyond that because she quit once. Hey, turns out I didn't really have anything to do. I I (laughs) kind of need my job back. Yeah. But she also strikes me as somebody who, if this doesn't work out, is going to go straight back to her problem lifestyle. Yeah, whatever. There's a lot of stories there. Yeah, there's a lot of drama in her background, and I guess she's very well liked by a lot of people, and that goes for like backstage as well. I'm not saying she's not like a very personable 
person and a lot of people clearly don't mind having her around but yeah i don't know what i don't know what she brings to this the main thing she brings to this is the fact that if they employ her she might not go off the rails right yeah i i don't i don't know never was a fan never gonna be kavita devi is she's there because youtube numbers yeah yeah I don't know what I don't know what she brings to this beyond that. She uh, was trained by the great Kali, and shocker, she wrestles like him. <laughs> to be honest, I I I heard that this that, that on this show there was an all time bad match. Yeah, it wasn't that. No, it wasn't like the Ariel Monroe's uh, Zuxis match, which no, was an, a, a complete just waste of time. Yeah. If this match was terrible live, it was saved in editing. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. I just don't really care about anybody in it. Yeah, yeah. And what's our match with Caitlyn next round? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be... Mia Yim. Mia Yim, which... Mia Poor might Mia. be able to... Yeah, Mia might be able to get something out of her, but who knows. Um, so the next match is Tony Storm and Ginny. These two have obviously had a lot of matches together, and uh, this was a good one. It was really good. My big thing on this match is in Japan and everywhere else, Tony Storm's finisher, the Strong Zero, was a snap pile driver, and it was great. Obviously, though, you cannot do that in WWE, and I don't even remember what she did in last year's Mae Young Classic. Uh, I think it was some kind of suplex, but, you know, it didn't really... Yeah, it wasn't clicking. It wasn't as cool as her snap suplex, or snap pile driver. But now, her new finisher is a fucking tiger driver, and that's awesome. Yeah, I love her pile driver. So, replacing it was always like a, oh, do you have to? But if you're going to replace it, replace it with something awesome, so... Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, I think this is one of the top three matches of this round. Yeah, it was good. It was real good. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Next. I, 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 I think oh, sorry. The, the announcers didn't do Ginny any favors, actually. They didn't, which was strange. Yeah, they were kind of like dismissive of her fashion gimmick or whatever. I think, like, yeah. There was meat to play into. She gave you stuff to talk yeah. about, and it was sort of like just dismissed out of hand. Yeah. What you want is in this dynamic, a heel advocate. I, and no matter what you might think of the guy, Corey Graves would have been talking about playing up Ginny's lifestyle and talking about how fantastic she was in depth. And since we're on the topic, this ties back to what we were talking about earlier, where the announcers just got worse every episode. And this is episode three, so we're reaching the, uh, the bottom here, which ties into that, I think. Uh, Renee was back to doing what she did in NXT, which is just God knows what she's even talking about half the time. Uh, Cole is calling moves wrong. Um, just not good. I would. I also want to get out there because I don't think I've brought it up yet, even though it drives me crazy every episode. This match was, or uh, not this match, but Ginny being in the Mae Young Classic was broke by the Daily Mail or something. <laughs> every match, 
every competitor, or 90%, Michael Cole says this about him. It's like, we don't care who you gave the press release to. Will you shut the fuck up with that stuff? Yeah, no one gives a shit about your media strategy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, great, you found a way to get the Mayon Classic talked about in multiple news sources. That's your thing. Yeah. We don't care. Yeah. Zeuxis's signing in the May Young Classic was broken by, I don't know, the Mexico Herald. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. And they did it every match. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. That's over now. <laughs> what were you saying? No, I mean, everyone knows Tony Storm at this point. Everyone knows that she is great. And... Oh, and she's wrestled Ginny a bunch. Ginny has that thing where I kind of think that she's occasionally... I question what her regular offense can be, because she's quite opportunistic. Right. And it's not like she has fantastic kicks or fantastic elbows. She's quite spindly, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But she still has good matches. Exactly. So That's I, all that I, I, I tend to overlook those kind of things. Yeah, and I'm, I I was going to say, as long as she has a finisher, who cares? But shit, I've watched enough Joshi to know you don't even need a finisher. <laughs> Hit him with some weird-ass roll-up and win. Doesn't matter. Yeah, she's just good in sort of indefinable ways, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, I, I guess that's both a compliment and not. Yeah, I, I, mean, I can't describe how she's good, but she is. Exactly, and, th- and that's unique. So go for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to see more from her in the UK WWE shows, if they ever release them. If they ever release them. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Next match was uh, Karen Q versus Xia Li. I liked uh, the, the Kung Fu stuff they did. That was pretty cool. The crowd loved it. They really did. And they wrestled really similar styles. I don't know if that was intentional. I don't know anything about Karen Q, and I only saw Zia Lee in the last classic. But she impressed me last year, too, so I think I just like her. <laughs> I, I think she's good. Karen, I've seen do ROH. I think she was better here than she was there. Okay. But I think that's also because Zaya has a lot of presence, and being able to play off that was to her advantage. I love Zaya. Yeah, Zaya she is. She's great. She has a phenomenal um, athletic. You know, she she can do stuff that almost nobody else can do. She's one of those Casey Catanzaro style unique athletes in the company. The only I can see it coming though. I can see it coming. Uh, her English isn't great, and she kept saying I'm spicy, and that's not. It's not going to go well on the main roster. She's going <laughs> to get like a spicy Chinese food g- gimmick or something. Because it's WWE and they're awful. Well, you, you had uh, Cole complaining that she didn't serve them food before she went out to the ring. Did he really say that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she said, oh, she's a great cook. And she said she'd give us dumplings before she came out to the match. Just like, <laughs> I don't know if Chinese delivery food should be your gimmick here. <laughs> Yeah. But also, I, I, I'm predisposed to like Zaya a lot because she's really great friends with Kyrie Sitting. So. Yeah, she, you see them on Instagram together a lot, yeah. And, and, and now we see those those two with Eo all the yes. time. Yes, 
Yeah. Oh. So yeah, that uh, she's she's making the right friends. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, clearly she's and she seems genuinely lovely. So yeah, she seems really cool. Um. So yeah, she's going to be great someday. She's still really new, and she's already getting really. She already shows a lot of potential. So Zaya's great. Who the hell was the main event? Mia Yim versus that weird girl with the pinky. <laughs> I, I can't find it either. <laughs> I wrote, my, my notes for the next match just read Mia Yim. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, okay, K, Alison K. K. Bam. Now that is actually very su- very fitting because Alison K was the knockouts champion in TNA. So naturally, I don't know who she was. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, big thing here was I thought Allison Kay would suck. She was actually pretty good when she wasn't doing the, the pinky thing and all the crazy face and all that crap. When she was just wrestling, she was good. It was the character stuff that I didn't like. Uh, Mia Yim is always great. I loved her last year. I loved her when I saw her on Shimmer 100. And uh, I loved her here. I will say, can somebody buy the woman a belt? It was a classic example of new gear for the Mae Young Classic, which she hadn't worn in yet. Yeah. I, my God, she was pulling her pants up literally nonstop. Channeling Misawa, I prefer to think of it as. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Nick, Nikki Bella has to share that legacy with somebody, so. I don't know. I don't know if uh, Misawa-san wants to give that to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki Sawa is the true heir. She is. She is. <laughs> Mits, Mitsuharu Bella. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we need somebody to Photoshop Mitsuhara Misawa wearing a fearless Nikki Bella shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst wrestling Johnny Ace. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. okay. She's got the All Japan connection there, you know. It's, yeah. It's right there. Anyway, yeah, I thought this was also one of the best matches of the opening round. I I thought it was good. I don't. I don't know if it was one of the best matches to me, just because, and I know this is so petty and stupid, but I was really noticing her pulling her pants up every second. <laughs> <laughs> and it was distracting. It was really distracting to me. Um, but it was a good match. And I, I mean, I must have thought something of it because I came away with a much higher opinion of Allison Kay than I went in with. Yeah, I wouldn't object to seeing her again. Although, yeah. uh, I don't anticipate her being somebody they would hire. I don't either. Yeah, it's similar to the um, to Madison Rain coming in. And she clearly really, really, really wants a job. And I can't see it happening. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. There's, just, there's just too much depth to pull from. Yeah. There's, who, they, there's who, a, they, who they can shape from the ground up. There's a difference between pulling in aged wrestler slash TNA veteran Bobby Roode and aged wrestler slash TNA veteran Madison Rain. Yeah, unless you've got really specific entrance music, I wouldn't bother. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like we say, with what CFO dollar sign does lately, they probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you uh, see, I, I, I just want to say, aged veterans a bit. She's thirty-two. Yeah, but how long has she been wrestling since that, she was that, like okay, twenty? Okay, right? I, I, I can see that. Yeah, she's she's uh, God, fourteen years. So, so since she was eighteen, that's even young. I knew she started really young, but that's even younger than I thought. Yeah. Wow. That's so. <laughs> I hadn't realized she'd been going that long. She's got some bumps on the uh, the old bump card. Yeah, I think she sort of found her home again in uh, in Ring of Honor. Yeah, and that's good. Let her let her do that. That's that's a perfectly good job. Yeah, well, <laughs> Ring of Honor's women's division is not exactly a. It, it can be more than it is. Hey, uh, <laughs> as long as Mandy Rose doesn't break up with Delirious, they'll have a women's division. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that she was with Delirious. That, oh my god, that is the entire reason there is an ROH women's division. Uh. I'm not even joking. Uh, but yeah, so the rumor goes, who knows how true it is, it's probably half true, that there's no women's division and Delirious was dating Mandy Rose and she said, you know, y'all, you guys should really have a women's division. And since he's dating her, he said, yeah, okay, sure. And then we get this half-assed effort. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the story. Um, wow. He's just making his girlfriend happy by having a women's division. That, that is the opposite of feminism. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't, don't tell me stories about that make me dislike Delirious. I really like him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he's just, he's making his girlfriend happy. I don't know. I don't well, know. I guess it's better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well. I don't know how it's better than nothing, but it's just. Yeah, I, was gonna, <laughs> I, I guess it's cool to give uh, stardom girls an excuse to work in the U.S. That's pretty cool. But that's that's literally the only positive I've seen in the entire Life thus far. Although I, I do like Sumi. Sumi. Uh, I can never say her name. Sumi Sakai. Sakai. I always I always want to say Siaki, like that wrestler. Oh, Sonny Siaki. You remember Sonny Siaki, the rock copy <laughs> guy? The guy I remember. The rock? Yeah. I always want to call her Sumi Siaki. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I do like her. Um, so I'm happy for her, but. Yeah, they're just half-assing it. Yeah. So uh, we're on to the final show now of the yes. first round. Yes. Uh, kicking off with oh look, this this should we should be able to get through this one quickly. Uh, Hiroya Matsumoto versus Rachel Evers. Oh my goodness! Um, so nobody, nobody I, really I, know. I, sorry, I'm going to preface this by saying I thought this was definitely a good match. This was a good match. But man, I wish this crowd was a little more informed. I mean, I know... (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you can't say that, and I'll tell you why. Because this match happened before the incident. Okay, okay, fair. How are these people supposed to know that in three weeks from that point, she would be throwing a Shawn Michaels-esque hissy fit at a stardom ring? (laughs) That's true. Yeah, that's true. Trying to put her her brain through 
someone's teeth. Yeah, exactly. Um, so okay, that's you, fair. You you got me. I, I think I do have you there. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but being the timeline of when it aired, it came off. It 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 aired at a time where that didn't look so good. And I will say. I'm going to go back and say, you got me on Rachel, but no, you don't totally got me because how dare you inbred Hicks boo Hiroyo Matsumoto? Who do you think you are down there in Florida? <laughs> Look, uh, Ma- Matsumoto is kind of the victim of being the third Joshi name. Yeah. So people have enough space in their brain to accept, oh, that's Mako Satomura. And they have enough space in their brain to think, oh, they've signed Io Shirai. They don't have enough to accept the idea <laughs> that that Hiroyo Matsumoto is another name on that level. Yeah. That's basically all it was. <sighs> yes. Go crazy for, even before pre-Hissy Fit Rachel, go crazy for, eh, she's not bad, Rachel Ellering. I think that that's her official nickname. Eh, she's not bad. <laughs> Go crazy for her and boo one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. This uh, just drove me crazy. Yeah, I think. However, it was. <laughs> it was a really good, maybe not really good, but it was a good match. Yeah, especially when the, uh, I think Matsumoto finally won people over with just some of the, like, some of the clotheslines she threw. And then the, <laughs> when she finally did that, you know, Ab sit up power bomb. Yeah, the power bomb at the very end is when she got people. Yeah, I mean, I am stoked to see her versus Tony Storm. That match is also has very high potential. Yeah, yeah. that could be really good. Uh, I, I, I Hiroyu possibly had I, it was the most competitive showing of any of the three Joshi stars coming in. Yeah, which I mean. That's fine. Um, I just didn't like the crowd reaction. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Florida, for calling you all hicks. That's an upgrade from usual, I suppose, Florida. <laughs> That's right. This audience was full of Florida man. Now, this is where we get contentious, because I have a lot to say about the next match. Let me start then, because I have less. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Kanchi is maybe one of the prettiest girls on the planet. She's pretty. Um, I thought, though, as a wrestler, she was better last year. I didn't think this match was particularly good. I also would like to say, and I'm sure she's a lovely person in real life, but Jesse Elaban in the ring is everything I hate in a women's wrestler. Uh, she comes off incredibly fake. She's pretending to be super dumb. She's pretending to be super happy. She's doing the thing where hot girls pretend to be geeks, even though they're not even close. Uh, she can't wrestle yet because she doesn't come from wrestling. Like there is literally nothing I like about her in the ring. I'm sure in outside the ring, I'm sure she's a wonderful person, but inside the ring, this is, everything i don't like i think she's athletic and i absolutely would sign her in their position but this gimmick is dog shit (laughs) 
I hate it more than you. Oh yeah, and I, I, I really hate it. It absolutely, <laughs> gr- it just completely hits me the wrong way. It's a, it's atrociously fake. Yeah, it's like a. I've described it before as an AJ Lee porn parody, <laughs> which is painfully accurate. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm just a geek here, uh, but you know, I'm you know a five foot eight athletic girl in skin tight denim shorts. Like, <laughs> come on! Yeah. There are genuine three dimensional women on the roster who will talk about their own personal geekdom, and a lot of these people, because they come from wrestling, have a sort of a genuine cachet when it yeah. comes to being alternative. Yeah, you can't fake this shit. Not like this. Not like this. Like, this person is... Tr- and this, this is what drives me most crazy. Okay, because I'm a huge Chris Wolf fan, and Chris Wolf is, naturally, one of the funniest, goofiest people in the whole of wrestling. And Jesse Elaban comes across as the worst imitation of that kind of thing. I think the next time Chris Wolf sees you, she should... Slap you in the face for even making the comparison. Well, this is... It, it, it's nothing to do with Chris. It's the, it's the thing that they're trying to imitate and bottle and make it like a a corporate thing. And it comes across or, so just or they show, she, wrong. She didn't, she didn't get to do it in the match, but uh, in the highlight package, they showed her doing a cartwheel, but she's clumsy, so she falls over at the end. <laughs> Terrible. She, she is it's 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 a JT Smith gimmick. Are we talking about the full-blooded Italians? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For those of you Joshi who don't Joshi. for those of you who don't know, JT Smith was a guy who got over in WC, in in ECW by botching moves. Yeah. And then you would have like and then you'd be trying to guess if he botched a move deliberately or if it was an actual real botch. Yeah. And Jesse Elaban is just deliberately botching moves or like, oh, look, I'm goofy. I'm like, no, you're not. You used to be a near professional athlete. <laughs> you, you are not uncoordinated. Yeah. I, I just don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. And like I say, when we say this, it's nothing against her because I'm sure whoever the fuck in the 90s WWF had to play a a janitor or whatever the fuck they were doing back then. I'm sure they're perfectly fine people, and them being on WrestleCrap is nothing against them. It's against the goddamn gimmick, and uh, this was pure WrestleCrap. Now, on the other hand, Tainara Conchi is, to my mind, one of my favorite people in NXT. And it's not just because, as you say, she is very pretty. But, like, during this match, even, just when she busts out the, are you crazy? Yeah. And then, like, the, she's doing, like, the finger manipulation thing. And then when she gets actually genuinely pissed, she does the finger rub across the ropes. That was a really cool spot. Yeah, that was a neat little idea. Yeah, she strikes me as someone who is genuinely learning, like, She's obviously at that. Someone gave her that, and it was probably like a William Regal or a Robbie Brookside, someone like that. Right. Trying to bring something out of her that is working. Yeah. 
yeah, I think I'm just a, a really big fan of her, although I had no idea what to expect from Conchi versus Lacey Lane. I don't either. Uh, fingers crossed, I guess, on that one. Although I will say, um, if Lane returns to form, it should be perfectly fine. Yeah, I'm just not sure how Conchi will do as a base for Lane. Uh, and she's a better, a better chain wrestler from what I've seen. So, I don't know, it could it, be interesting at least. I'm not going to hold it to anything against them. They're still both emerging talents, so. Right. Uh, so after this, we got Nicole Matthews versus Isla Dawn. This was funny, just, I, I, I like the subtitles for a Scottish accent. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I only noticed that on the second watch through, and it was just stunning. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that was very hard to understand, but I guess so. Um, I don't know. I don't really have any thoughts on this. It wasn't... It was there. Well, Nicole Matthews is subsequently banned in the country, so it's somewhat irrelevant at this point, unfortunately. Yes. Yes. And Isla Dawn... She's fine, I guess. I just... I... Her gimmick is witchcraft yeah Ooh, like does she do witchcraft does she read books on witchcraft does it seriously influence her life and the response we seem to get is witchcraft like i don't what what do you how is this doing anything for her it's not yeah. a gimmick it's a hobby or something at this point like how is her witchcraft expressed in her work all that, all i can see is that she is a very pale person who wears a lot of dark red is that witching? I don't. I, get, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I get what you're saying. It's just funny. I, I don't know what she's about. Honestly, I don't either. Nor do I. I feel like she'd be better off just being Isla Dawn wrestler. She would be. But you know, uh, next match for those uh, is Nicole Matthews versus Tegan Knox. So yeah, we'll we'll, um, we'll, we'll see what happens. It should be good. Uh, Matthews was out of shape for some reason. Um, so that gives me a little bit of pause. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what happens. And so on to our final match of this entire encounter, the Io Shirai versus Zaya Brookside match. This was uh, I, I was looking forward the entire month of shows to this. Um all three minutes of it. All three minutes of it. It was a pure Io Shirai showcase. It was pretty much a squash. I don't remember if Zai got any offense in. I'm trying to think. She she may not have, honestly. Um, which is fine. She's 20 years old. I think she's 19. <laughs> 19, then? Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, she... Uh, obviously has a long road ahead of her and they they're putting EO over as a huge signing which she is um so they wanted to showcase her I'm fine with it um the crowd loved EO everything about it was great uh you know in the in the showcase sense uh if I had any complaints it would be that 
This is the elevator music version of her stardom theme song. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't approve of that. Again, CFO dollar sign. Um, and that uh, Zaya learned a hard lesson that maybe you should uh, shimmy a little closer to the corner for the moonsault. Because, <laughs> man, did she get nailed. Well, to be fair, EO put her there. EO did put her there. So. But she still should have shimmied her way. <laughs> I've seen we've seen a million wrestlers do it over the years. That's true. Yeah. I there was a fun moment in the uh, introductions where, uh, not in the in the introductory video packages, where Zaya is just saying, "Oh, I've I've had to work very hard because uh, you know because of a legacy or whatever," and you know I've you know I don't want any special favors, but it's like right. You are you're, you're here because your second name is Brookside, like yeah. in this tournament. Like, yeah, it, it's, there's not a lot we can do to hide that. I, I that's no disrespect to Zaya at all, who I like, I genuinely yeah. like, and I think is yeah. a, a perfectly fine wrestler, and you know has a lot of potential. But yeah. saying, oh, I've you know I I don't want to take any favors. Like you you ditched on Stardom for a tour to go do this. Yeah. So. I don't know. Which uh, Ellering proved wasn't even necessary. No, she uh, exactly. So You're, you've lost in the first round, and even if she didn't, all the other rounds were filmed the next day anyway. Whatever. Um, I guess that's a spoiler that uh, Rachel Ellering and Zaya Brookside don't win the May Young Classic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's. Uh, it was a showcase for EO. Her theme music sucks. Fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Final thoughts on the announcers. They were fucking horrible this episode. Beth is fine. Beth Beth maintained her level. Cole and Renee are clearly on hour four. Cole is just calling shit the wrong name. It, it, was, it was just really bad announcing here. Um, made me yearn for the days of JR and Lita. Yeah, I really hope the second day they've managed to re, uh, recharge their tanks a little bit and maybe yeah. talk to the wrestlers in question and get maybe more than three facts out of each of them. Well, there's not a lot of room for many other facts because they have to announce uh, what newspaper told everyone <laughs> that they were in the Mayhem Classic. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Mia Yim being in the Mae Young Classic was bro- broken by Time.com. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So this probably was the worst episode. The opener with Rachel and Hiroyo was good. The next match, meh. The match after that, meh. And then the main event was a three-minute squash. <laughs> <laughs> but we are now out of the first round. The quality should uh, get a lot better. Um, Stavros, Tom, if you don't mind, uh, I'll just go through what the second round matches are going to be real quick. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So on the left side, I hope this is the bracket they're still using. I just pulled this off Google. On the left side, we're going to have Mako Satamura versus Mercedes Martinez. As I said, that could be match of the tournament. Then we're going to have Lacey Lane versus Tainara Kanchi. 
We'll see what happens there. Uh, after that, we're going to get Tony Storm versus Hiroyo Matsumoto, another match with very high potential. After that, we get Mia Yim versus Caitlin. We'll see what happens there. Uh, and then we go to the right side of the bracket. We're going to get Tegan Knox versus Isla Dawn. I don't have high hopes for it. Uh, uh, no. Not that either are bad, but... No, uh, Tegan Knox versus Nicole Matthews. Oh, look at that. Shows you how much I paid attention to that match. Um, okay, Tegan Knox versus Nicole Matthews, which could be good. Um, I don't know. After that, we're going to get Rhea Ripley versus Katie Catanzaro, Casey Catanzaro, and I don't know. I, I feel like this should be pretty good. Ripley's going to destroy her, and Casey's going to make it look good. Uh, then you're going to get Io Shirai, the best wrestler in the tournament. Arguably, if you want to say Mako, go for it. Uh, versus Zuxus, who had just an abysmal match and doesn't have a reputation of being particularly good. But I've seen Io Shirai drag some real uh, real interesting cases and start them to some good matches. Well, passable matches. So and also Io is very experienced in lucha, so... And EO is very experienced in Lucha. And then in the last match on the right side, we're going to get Diana Perazzo versus Zaya Lee, which should be a pretty good match. Now, if you'll excuse me, Tom, I just remembered. Hero Michael Cole was spouting more WWE bullshit <laughs> in that, <laughs> if, you'll no if you noticed... He told us that Hiro Yamatsumoto was trained by Funaki. Yeah, I what heard that. What the fuck is he talking about? Hiro Yamatsumoto was trained by Mariko Yoshida, and I think she debuted in 2002. Um, no, sorry, 2006. Now, what was Funaki doing in 2006? I don't even remember. Was he still SmackDown's number one announcer? Something like that, yeah. I don't think it was even possible. Maybe it was possible. I bet they got the wrong Funaki. It wasn't the other Funaki either, though. <laughs> <laughs> there's more than two Funakis. Well, there's two in wrestling. <laughs> there's the joke one and the shooter one. Um, <laughs> it was Mariko Yoshida. Why why lie about that? I don't understand WWE sometimes. I, 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 I don't... Tell me, Tom. What is the benefit of lying and saying that Funaki trained Hiroyo no. Matsumoto? Well, I mean, obviously, Funaki is somewhat exaggerating his own legend here. He, he didn't say it. I bet he did. <laughs> uh, could be. So you think Funaki was lying to Michael Cole, and then Michael Cole repeated it. <laughs> it could be. I don't, I don't want to pass aspersions on Funaki. Let's <laughs> have a look. I, uh, yeah, trained Mar uh, Mariko Yoshida. Yeah. Yeah. And, and am I right? you're looking at it. She came out, or came out. She debuted in 2006, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't, yeah. Imagine, I can't imagine that Funaki was ever involved in her career in any serious way. Yeah, I don't see it. <laughs> Hold on. Funaki Wikipedia. I, I just want to see what he was doing in early 2006. Let's see here. Kung Funaki. 
Are you serious? Is that what it says? Uh, I yeah, I'm not looking, but I, I I remember it being that gimmick around then. At the Royal Rumble in 2006, which is January, one month before Matsumoto debuted, Funaki faced Kid Cash for a cruiserweight title match. <laughs> yeah, just this smacks of bullshit. Then, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't understand. And then he went into a feud with the no longer Hurricane Gregory Helms. I I just don't understand. Yeah, wrong, con- wrong continent, Michael Cole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and does Michael Cole even know that, you know, Masakatsu Funaki even exists? Does he know oh, that? He w- no, he wouldn't have a clue. He doesn't know that. Yeah. So he had to mean, indeed, Funaki. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just crazy. I bet Funaki was there, like, when they're, when they're doing the preparations going around... Funaki was there doing translation work. Yes. And what I bet he said was, I trained her, you know. And he was joking. Oh. (laughs) Who trained you? Oh, I trained her. (laughs) And Michael Cole's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) How interesting. I bet there's something we don't know here. But still, I can't even... (laughs) Unless she was in America traveling around the United States on tour with SmackDown, like Funaki was. <laughs> it's just not even possible. Well, Funaki didn't even open his school until, you know, way past that, surely. I don't know. But I do know that he did not train. Here are your Yeah, here we go. And, okay, I found it. Funaki Dojo. Funaki Dojo opened in San Antonio, Texas in June of 2012. Yeah. When he was in his four years of wilderness. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well, that was certainly what we wanted to talk about during the Mae Young Classic. <laughs> I'm the, sorry. The, the history of the, Funaki. <laughs> the history of show Funaki. Yeah. And... It, it just WWE bullshit just gets me. You know what, though? You know what? I think Hiroyo Matsumoto is a practitioner of Joshi Strong style. Oh, you think so? Oh, God. Do, 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 do you get that because she's Japanese? Yeah. And, to, to be and, fair, uh, when, when, <laughs> when, make, when they ask uh, Io what her style is, her, she said, my style is flying and strong style. Yeah. Everyone uses the bullshit term, so Everyone just it, it's it. it's a case of what it meant twenty years ago is not what it means now. So, and and I guess since I'm old, I remember what it meant twenty years ago because I was trading tapes. <laughs> yeah, and, and like all wrestling know. fans are young now. They are. They really are. It yeah, all like young go getters. It's not definitely not an aging audience. Yeah, <laughs> and EO said I thought it was like brutally honest when EO like. Why didn't they? I I would have edited it out because she basically said, uh, "I I copied Rey Mysterio. I copy Rey Mysterio. I just do all his moves." It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Don't, that might be true, but don't. I don't know. WWE is a strange, strange beast. Uh, my favorite was when Mako Satamura was talking about her WCW match, and she just says, uh-huh. "I had no finishers, so I lost instantly." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like that's that that works so well because when we're talking about people like uh uh Lacey Lane and all these people who learn all these crazy moves before they learn how to do fundamentals and the Japanese <laughs> yeah. opposite approach Mako yeah. had nothing but fundamentals and because she only had that she lost the match because she didn't have any exact exaggerated moves yeah yeah. But yeah, we'll see if any of these girls are as good as Mako in twenty years. Spoiler time: <laughs> <laughs> they won't be. Uh, and even if they could be, let's say they, let's say they could be. Is WWE? I mean, <laughs> NXT is a great platform for it, truly. Yeah, but is WWE? Well, how long do you expect Vince to live? Uh. At least another 50 years. Have you seen him? <laughs> God, he'll have shrilled down to nothing by then. And he'll still be working 20-hour <laughs> days. Yeah. It'd be like Mr. Burns' mother. Yeah. You know, he's there with he's there calling Michael Cole. All he can do is dial and yell. <laughs> or it'll be like something from... Uh, Futurama, it'll just be his brain in a jar giving instructions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Terrible thought. <laughs> okay, so thoughts on the May Young Classic so far. At this point, it kind of, it just is what it is, which means yeah. there's not really any, I, I think by far the standout performer so far is Mako. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I, I, there's been probably about maybe four good matches, a whole bunch of mare matches, and a couple of outright terrible matches. Yeah, yeah. I would say my favorite match of the first round was Mako versus Killer Kelly, followed up by Tony Storm versus Ginny, and probably Ellering and Matsumoto. Yeah, I'd say that was pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. I think I liked the Mia Yim match as well. I think it just had a good yeah. dynamic with the story they were telling. Right. But uh, it, it it could edge into that group, maybe. But certainly as far as showcase performances, there's nothing that can touch Mako just absolutely wearing the shit out of people with the stuff <laughs> she does every day. Yep. Yep. And it's only going to get better from here. Oh, yeah. The next round looks fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At so, least half the matches I have, I have hope in. So we shall be back to talk about the round of sixteen, the quarterfinals and the semifinals, and then hopefully for one final WWE centric show, covering the women's only pay per view Evolution. Yes, and and yeah, I think we both have a lot more hope for how this progresses these tournaments tend to get better as they go on because you've got shows that can have more matches uh, a little bit more time to play with some long some longer running storylines so yeah this could still shape up to be something absolutely interesting. could they still have plenty of talent to do that and a lot more matches so we'll see it's looking good to me Excellent. Well, thank you for joining me on this, Justin. I know it's a little bit outside of our usual purview, but it's yeah, it's Joshi's related. So it is. Why and not? I'm, we're both watching it anyway. So hey. So uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll speak to you again 
for this mini-series in about a month's time. See you then.